Welcome into the newest episode of Side Mission. Like always, I'm your host, Rusty Ellis. Today, joined by just one of the boys. I'm joined by Matt today. A rare episode. We just, I don't know if we've ever done an episode just me and you, Matt. I'd have to go back and look. Have we ever done this? We have not. This will be the first time that you've recorded <laughs> an episode, just, just you and me. This is, this is different, but we're going to have some fun. Uh, we're going to talk about Nintendo's newest release. We keep saying that a lot. Nintendo's actually had a sneaky good year when you take a look at a lot of stuff they've put out. I know that... Switch Sports and Mario Strikers were whatever, but when you look at how good a how good a games they've released, they've actually had a really good year. And I think they've got another good one with this one we're talking about today because we're talking about Xenoblade Chronicles Three. I had to make sure I didn't say two there because the number two definitely almost came out of my mouth there. So, <laughs> so we're recording this at a, on a much different day and a much different time than what we usually do. So it's a little weird. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Three, though, big big JRPG. Something that, you know, a big, a big franchise that Nintendo obviously owns the rights to. And I think, Matt, and I think you'll agree with me here, uh, the simple way to, uh, the simple answer to, is this a good game? I think the answer is yes. I think, yes, that, this is, I think it's a very good game. Yes, this is, this is a great game, especially mm-hmm. in the uh, Xenoblade series. Uh, this, this is a step up from 1 and 2, and 1 and 2 were fantastic games on their own. This game is definitely a standout, uh, standout, and um, I definitely think that as far as uh, Switch games goes, that this will be a high contender for Game of the Year. Maybe not overall Game of the Year, but yeah. it's definitely going to be up there in like Switch exclusives. And I think that does say a lot because, again, Switch has had a really good year when you look at Pokemon Legends Arceus, the new Pokemon games that are coming out later. Kirby was really good. There's There's been some really, really good releases. I feel like I've missed, missed one somewhere in there. I feel like I've missed a game somewhere in there. I probably did. But the, the Switch has had, again, a really good year. So to say that this could be the best Switch title that comes out, I, I think that that says a lot. And I do think there are a lot of things in this game that work really, really well. And I think, for one, the art style, I love how the game looks. It looks really good. It runs really well. Again, considering it's on the Switch, it runs really, really well. I think if this, you know, if this was built for other systems, obviously it would run better. But considering it's built for the Switch, uh, really, really, probably one of their best-looking games, I think. I think visually it's a really good-looking game. Uh, I think that the story is really interesting. Me and you are still, uh, just so everybody is aware, me and Matt have not beaten this game yet because Xenoblade games are notorious for being really, really lengthy, and Matt and I don't really have just 150 hours sitting around to be able to put into a, a game like this. But... I think the story from what we've played so far is is really, really good. I love the characters in this game. And Matt, you talked to me when I first got... This is my first Xenoblade game, and you said that the first thing that you thought I would like would be the characters, and I think you were 100% right. What what do you like about the characters in this game, Matt? I love most about these characters is that each individual character, from the ones that they introduce you to in the beginning to the ones that you meet along the way, everyone has such a unique personality, and it really shines when the voice acting, which uh, this game wants to remind us that British people exist. <laughs> <laughs> I see this meme all over the place about it. Um, but yes, like every character has like a role in this game. Like if it's going from like with the main character Noah, he's what you call uh, an overseer in his role. Uh, in his colony is that when soldiers pass, he plays this instrument and it's supposed to be sending off, you know, basically giving these soldiers who died in battle, mm-hmm. you know, peace, at, you know, to be at peace after death. 
which I, I love it. And the music that plays when he plays the instrument is, is beautiful. Yeah. And then like you have characters like you have like the tough, the tough guy, the tough ass lands. Yeah. Uh, lands. <laughs> I thought he was funny. Lance is hilarious, especially <laughs> in the beginning of the game. I, from what I played so far, he's gone. He, he's gone through a bit of a change where he's more he's more tougher on you, and he's more you know like you know I just want to stick to a plan. Whereas he becomes more open with the other characters, and yeah. I like the exploration of like character development like that, especially in JRPGs, especially in games like this that are going to be hundreds of hours. Maybe that's an exaggeration. Who knows at this point? Yeah. Um, but the characters have to grow in order for you to like them. And, like, they introduce, you know, the Agnes cast, which is, um, uh, was it? Mio? Mio? I think you're talking about Mio. Mio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mio, uh, Mio Talion, Tyon, yeah. And, and Senna. And, like, when they introduce these characters to the cast that you have with uh, Noah, Lens, and Eunice, it's like everyone's opening up. They're realizing, you know, that there's, there's so much more to, to living than just battling and the way that story is going is, is incredible. Like, I like the whole aspect of, like, they have such short time frames in order for them to keep, like, live longer. They, they're just supposed to battle. And, mm -hmm. like, I think that this is a nice a, a nice addition. And from what I've heard, I think this is the last game in, in the Xenoblade uh, franchise. I do think that is an interesting concept. The whole, you know, they have very, very... These, these you know, characters have very, very limited lifespans. Mm -hmm. And I like that. I, I I like that. That's a very interesting twist to put on something because what is it? They can live. Is it twenty years? Twenty years. Twenty years. So they can live twenty years in total, and they spend most of that time preparing for battle and battling. So it's not like they live a normal life like you or I. Or really, a normal life like you know, as normal as anybody lives in a video game. They they live a very very short life when you put it into perspective. And I thought that was really interesting. Again, I really really enjoyed that aspect of of this game and i think that it lends itself well to the story the characters for me they feel very realistic i, I love the joke about it. it reminds us that british people exist because <laughs> literally every every character that comes on screen has the thickest british accent and it's it's kind of funny it's kind of funny almost to an irrational extent um, but I think that all the voice acting is really, really well done. It feels believable. It feels real. The dialogue's very, very well written, I think. Um, and again, you know, talking about characters, I think that, you know, Noah is a very, very good lead. I, I liked him as the lead. I did like the development with Lens. I, if there's one thing dialogue that I do wish was better in this game, Matt, and I feel like you know what I'm about to say, the prop is that there's a lot of repeated voice lines when it comes to battles. There's a lot of things that get repeated. I think Uni, for example, says... I can't even think of the exact line. The line is something along the lines of, like, oh, Lance wanted something a bit meatier this time, Noah. And it's yeah. like... Yeah. And it's like, I, I've played I've played as much as I have of this game, and it's not a lot. I'll go ahead and give you a spoiler alert. I'm not going to say how many hours I've played. I've played enough for us to be able to talk about it in depth. I've heard that line probably 200 times. And... That's a lot of times to hear one line when I've played maybe 15% of the game. That's a yeah, lot one. of times to hear one line. <laughs> the one that I heard the most outside of the one that you referenced was where Lanza's like, and I was MVP. Yeah, you I've heard that too. Game. I'm like, bro, please stop. It's every time. The other one, I think the other one I, I, that sticks out is uh, with Senna 
Where yeah. after every battle, she asks Mio what she thinks, and Mio just goes, "Oh, you did great this time, Senna." And I'm like, again, I've heard that like 200 times at this point, and I'm like, I I just wish that there was a little bit more vary variance in the dialogue after battles, but even before battles, I think that there's yeah. just a lot of very similar voice lines. And it gets tiring after a while to hear the same things over and over again. So I think yeah. that I think that the dialogue for the most part is really good. I think that's like my main gripe there. Uh, performance wise, and I know Matt, you asked me this because I got my hands on the game before you did because you obviously had to wait for it to be shipped to you. But yes. you asked me about performance because I because mm-hmm. I know that with previous Xenoblades, especially ones that have been on the Switch, whether it was the definitive edition of the first game. Um, whether it's Xenoblade 2 or Xenoblade 2, you know, Torn of Golden Country, I know that that's been one of the biggest question marks is can you get over the performance? And that has been an issue. For, I, I, knew, I figured out what game I missed from Nintendo that came out earlier this year. Freaking fucking Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes, one of my favorite games of the year. That was a problem with that game as well, though, was, was that, you know, the performance is kind of subpar. What do you think of the performance of this game? Because I personally think it runs very well. I've been very pleased with what I've played so far. I mean, obviously, it's not 60 FPS, but I feel like it runs really well. Um, so between the times that I have played it, I've played it uh, both uh, handheld and docked. I actually, I don't know, maybe it's just the fact that the OLED screen could be playing tricks on me. But like when I'm playing it on, um, when I'm playing it handheld, I feel like it runs better. I feel yeah. like the uh, refresh rate is a lot better. Like I feel like. Um, I, I definitely feel like it runs better handheld because at the moment, the last time I played it, I was playing it docked, and I, I definitely noticed a lot more irrelegant, I can't even say the word. <laughs> um, I, I noticed some issues with it, um, such as, like, you know, draw distance is so bad. I mean, yeah. I can't I can't say enough how bad that is because, um, like, enemies will just pop. There's so much popping with the enemies um, on, the, like, on, the, on the field. And, um, yeah, yeah. But overall, my experience with it is it runs a lot better than uh, Xenoblade 2. Yeah. And it uh, it's on par with um, Xenoblade Definitive Edition, but Definitive Edition is also an older game uh, mm. ported over to HD. Um, so this game was built for the ground up on Switch. And I think, like, I think, like, this, this is a fantastic send-off. Um, like, if, if this was to, to say the Switch is last year... This is one of those games that definitely showcases, you know, yes, the Nintendo Switch is behind on power, obviously. You know, power's not Nintendo's priority. But this is definitely a fantastic showcase of, you know, and and just the fact that it's handheld blows my mind. Like, I know we're probably past that whole thing. Some people are like, you know, playing these console-type games on a handheld is, in a way, a gimmick. Like, I've, I've heard that before. But I was like, it's it's just still mind blowing that I can lay in bed and play a game like Xenoblade Three. No, I agree. I think that the Switch has certainly come a really long way when you look at like where it started, the games that it was able to run at first, and I think that Breath of the Wild was a really really impressive like first really big game on the Switch because it runs really well on there. Um, all things considered, obviously Mario Odyssey looked really good. Splatoon Two looked and ran really good. But the Switch has definitely had its downfalls with regards to performance. As much as I love Fire Emblem uh, Three Houses and Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes, much as I love both of those games, those games do not run the best on the Switch. They do not run the best. In fact, in Three Hopes, I remember when Thacker and I talked about that game, 
there's a lot of frame rate dips. There's a lot of times where you feel like it's dipping into the teens for frames. And, you know, FPS isn't everything in a game, but if a game performs poorly, you're not going to have as good a time with it. You're not going to be able to appreciate the other things that are going on within the game. You're not going to be able to appreciate the story, the gameplay, anything like that, if it runs poorly. So Xenoblade 3, I think that what you were kind of going for is that, you know, if, th if this was a swan song for the Switch going into the next, like, console cycle, I think this is a good swan song. And I think that, again, it, it sounds like a broken record at this point. When you look at the year the Switch has had and games that it still has coming down the pipe, specifically with Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, and Violet, God, I had a stroke saying that, uh, with Pokemon Scarlet and Violet <laughs> and Splatoon 3, specifically with those still to come, this has an opportunity to be one of the best years that the Switch has ever had. We still don't know when Breath of the Wild is 2, coming, two is coming, but this has got a chance to be one of the best years the Switch has ever had. I do yeah. think that... To talk about this game accurately, though, there is one really, really big gripe that I have with this game. I love ninety. I love ninety percent of this game. Ninety percent of this game is great and is nine out of ten stuff. That ten percent that I don't like is the gameplay and specifically the combat. I think the combat in this game is incredibly outdated. And I, this might be a hot take. I'm sure there will be some Xenoblade fans that hear this that won't like what I'm about to say. Um, I think the combat in this game is uh, atrocious. I think that this game would have benefited from having more free-flow combat. More like Final Fantasy XV, like Batman Arkham City, like Spider-Man. I think that you, this game would have benefited from that. Or having something in that realm or in that vein. Because just walking up to an enemy... And you auto-attacking, for me, there's nothing engaging about that. There's nothing engaging. And then, you know, yeah, you can sw swap around different characters, and that's cool. And I love the class system in this game. I love that. I love that you can swap classes on different characters. I think that is awesome. It really yes. gives you a chance to experiment. But the problem is, the combat gets to a point for me where it's so boring that even when I'm doing these special attacks... I just kind of feel like I'm sitting there doing nothing and the game's kind of just playing itself for me. And I don't know, for me, that doesn't work as well as I would like for it to work or as well as I think the Xenoblade creators think it works. Matt, you told me when I told you I had the original problems I had with the combat, you told me that, that, has been a, has, that that's been a kind of a consistent thing with the last couple of games that have released. Uh, what did you think about the combat? Are you a fan of it or no? So going back, I mean, the first time I played Xenoblade on uh, my, my first experience playing the first game was actually on uh, my 3DS. Seeing that that kind of combat where you just kind of sit there and your character auto attacks, but then you have to wait for your arts to charge, um, which can leave, which, I don't know, in, in a way it kind of makes you feel like you're vulnerable at a lot of the times. But Xenoblade 3 is definitely an evolution to the, the the combat and i mean i'm not saying that like this is a perfect combat system this is just how you know xenoblade has had its combat for since like since the first game with uh the first one the second one with a uh, xenoblade x and then with this game and i think it's just definitely it's like something that not everybody is going to love i have come to terms with it like it's not my favorite <laughs> not my favorite I, I at the same time as playing this game I, I was playing another rpg on my playstation which was uh tales of arise um and the combat in that is just so much better and they're both jrpgs and mm -hmm. um 
And I, I would I'd like to see more like that, where instead of it's just like a game of patience, where you just sit there and wait for your arts to charge. And then the introduction of the Ouroboros system, where two of your characters refuse to become this giant creature. Which is just cool, um, in my opinion. I think that's really cool. Which is, yeah, which is great. And it also goes into that more character development, because each one of the characters, because you have a total of six characters in your party, each one of them is, you know, story-wise story uh, linked to a character, for example, Noah and Mio. They're the ones who are the first to experience the transformation. And that was a, that was a fantastic like way to introduce like with the cutscene and, and fighting the enemy that's called um oh what was it called uh, was it Mobius Mobius yes yes it's Mobin time it's Mobin time oh, actually I swear <laughs> I heard that in my head when he introduced what his name was I think Kyle um, actually said it when I said his name Kyle said it because we mm-hmm. were in a party and Kyle followed it up with immediately that he hated himself for saying it yep. And outside of what we have both talked about the combat board, the other thing that bothers me so much in this game is I do appreciate them having every character in your party on screen at once during the fighting. Because, you know, typically in games like this, you do have more of a party of, of three or four. But at one time, you you normally only have about three and you swap them out to, you know, yeah. um, you know, for strategies. But this game has everybody all at one time. And, like, because I, I just wanted to, you know, kind of get to the story, you know, I, I decided to go ahead and play on, you know, the more easier difficulty because these games are so long and I, I really wanted to experience the story without running into any roadblocks, which, you know, if people have any issues against that, that's cool, whatever. We yeah. the, the option's there. So I decided to do that. And, like, having every character on screen at one time fighting, um, having the different film mechanics, whereas uh, some characters can raise attack, some can raise your uh, defense and your um, ability, your um, you know, to avoid attacks. Uh, yeah. Every, everything going all at one time, it is so cluttered when it you're is. fighting. It is so cluttered. If you're wearing headphones or whatever, playing this game, you're just going to hear constant characters saying the same attacks over and over and over and over. And it it's annoying, honestly. Like, there's just so much going on. But, I mean, I still enjoy it for what, for what you know, for what it is. Could it be better? Yes. Is it perfect? No. Yeah, but I agree. I do. But it, it's what we have. And hopefully in the future with whatever Monolith Soft decides to do with their next franchise, maybe they'll adapt a more modern take um, with RPG, with, with the combat. I give them a little bit of credit. I'll give them a little bit of credit, though. I mean, I I, I do I can appreciate a, a um you know a developer sticking to their guns and kind of knowing sticking to what they know and keeping it consistent because for fans of the franchise, there's no adjustment period. Like you kind of know what to expect. I think that for me, I've, again, I've never played a Xenoblade game. For me, especially in the tutorial when that hit, I was like. I seriously just stand here like that's that's it I, and part of that's on me maybe I should have looked that up ahead of time I don't think that's entirely on them I just personally for me the combat doesn't work as much as I think they it would li- they would like for it to and I think for newcomers that's important because I don't think that and Matt you correct me if I'm wrong I don't think you really have to play the other Xenoblade games to play this like this this feels like a contained story on its own and doesn't really feel like it's trying to build on anything. And maybe I'm wrong on that, but that's just the vibe I got from it was, okay, I don't really need to play Xenoblade 1 and 2 to understand what's going on here. Now, I think this is a step up. There's one major issue that Xenoblade 2 had that I don't think this game has nearly as bad. 
a lot of people that I've, I've spoken with that played Xenoblade 2, and Matt, you were one of them, have said that, especially early on in the game, it's very common for you to be like a level 10 character and run into like a level 70 enemy in yes. the opening area. And I didn't have that problem in this game. And I, I think that they kind of understood that that wasn't, you know, okay. And that they probably shouldn't do that to people at the start of the game and put an enemy there that's that tough because it's very easy to get caught in kind of a cycle of death over and over and over again and eventually you get frustrated and just quit. But, again, 90% of this game works for me. The music is awesome. Uh, the visuals are really, really good. It runs really well. I love the characters. I love what I've seen of the story so far. And I think there's a lot of interesting concepts here, specifically with the whole only living 20 years and spending most of that time training and battling. I like all of that. The combat, obviously, is a very, very big negative for me, and I think that, you know, that's just... That just kind of is what it is. I, this is not a game that... I don't play a ton of JRPGs. I've only played ever really a handful of them. But, you know, I think that for everything else to work to the magnitude it does, uh, it, it, this is a really, really high-quality game, and I think that it, if you're looking for something new to play on the Switch, I think Xenoblade 3 could be a game for you. I think it's absolutely worth the 60 bucks and... After, again, like games like Nintendo Switch Sports and Mario Strikers Battle League, where I feel like neither of those games were really worth their price tag, I think that it's really refreshing to get a game from Nintendo that feels worth the money. Because, you know, again, they've had a good year. It hasn't been without its problems. But really, this is the first time since, you know, Kirby and the Forgotten Lands that I can say I got my money's worth from a Nintendo game, and that there's more than enough content day one. And I hope that that continues with Splatoon 3. I hope it continues with Pokemon. So I think that this is, again, really good game. I think you hit it on the head, Matt, uh, that if this was the last year of the Switch, this is a really good swan song. Yep, absolutely. Uh, especially ending it off with... Um... Because we still got Splatoon 3, we still got Pokemon, we still have Bayonetta uh, 3 coming out. You're right, well. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's going to be a big release too. Like, this is, just, like, I can definitely see, like, this being, I mean, because we don't know anything that's going on next year, for, except for Breath of the Wild 2, because Nintendo's been playing their uh, the cards very close to their chest the summer round. We didn't even get a direct this past summer, so we don't know what's going on next year, but yeah. Xenoblade 3 is definitely a fantastic fantastic game to end off the, the Switch's lifespan with. Do you think if the Switch gets a Game of the Year contender, do you think it'll be Xenoblade 3, or do you think there's another one that could take that spot? Uh, I definitely think Xenoblade, Xenoblade 3 will be up there. Um, from what we're seeing from Sword and Shield, I definitely think it's going to be a contender. Because you mean Scarlet one, and Violet? That's <laughs> my Sword and Shield. Oh, that was, that was so, so amazing. Hey, you know what? I'm not editing that out. I'm leaving that in. That was funny. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> Yes, uh, Scarlet and Violet are definitely up there. Um, I kind of think that Scarlet and Violet will probably take away from Arceus's because it's not as you know unique as when it first came out. You know, uh, the Arce thing is, I want to say this about Arceus just because I know mm -hmm. that when we reviewed that, I was probably the most negative person on the review. I want to just say I have come to really love that game, and after playing a lot more of it, my opinion on that game has really flipped from... It being, you know, a good game. To, it's 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 definitely got its flaws, but I think it's definitely a lot closer to being a great game than it is a good game. So I think Arceus will still be up there. I don't yeah. know that I don't know that Scarlet and Violet will, Violet will take away from it, but I definitely think Bayonetta three, especially knowing again how good Bayonetta two was. Yeah, Bayonetta yeah. three is is going to be a heck of a contender again. The Switch has just had a great year, and I know as a Nintendo fan, Matt, you've got to love that. 
Yes, yeah, I do. I do, especially con- considering what was it? Uh, 2020 was a really bad year for the Switch, but the, I mean, it was a bad year for almost every console. Honestly, yeah. that was a that was a bad year for every console. Not named the PS5, and even then, the PS5 had like four games. So, I mean, they lost beast. Exactly. So I think that. I think that if you're looking for something new to play on the Switch, I think Xenoblade 3, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is a good, good game to pick up. I think that there's a lot to like about it. The combat for me, Matt, I'm gonna end I'm gonna end my little rant on the combat with this. You mentioned that you were playing Tales of Arise while playing this, and honestly, going back I was going back and platinuming God of War and Deathloop while we were playing this game. And after playing two games that have excellent combat, in my opinion, it's really hard. It was really hard for me to like this combat. So I think that's the just where I came down on it. But again, everything else about Xenoblade Chronicles 3 I think is very, very high quality. It's worth the $60 price tag, unlike a few other games they've released this year. But I think I think Xenoblade Chronicles 3, if it's the best Switch game that comes out this year, I won't be surprised at all. So that is actually going to wrap up this episode of Side Mission. You can follow Side Mission on Twitter at Side Mission Pod. You can follow Matt, Factor, Kyle, and I if you would like. We all tweet about different things. As I've said before, we're all different degrees of annoying, whether it's politics, nerd stuff, or sports. We're all different degrees of annoying. So for Matt, I'm Rusty Ellis. Thank you for listening.